Welcome back into the Lacrosse Tribune UWL Football Podcast. My name is Colton Bartholomew. I am your host and the beat reporter for UWL Sports here at the Lacrosse Tribune. Episode 7 here, we're getting ready for week 3 of the Division 3 football season. The UWL Eagles are 2-0, now ranked number 23 in the D3Football.com poll. As they were ranked at the end of last season, I think they got up to 24th or 25th. Right at the end there when they finished 8-2. and two. So they're back ranked again this week. Uh, big payoff for them after beating Illinois Wesleyan on the road last week. You can read all the coverage from that game and hear the recap podcast on lacrossetribune.com and on iTunes. So you can kind of bone up on that, or brush up on that game, I should say. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> there was... Somebody at the door. Okay, we're back. Uh, show rundown here. Uh, today we're going to be talking about this week's opponent, Dickinson State, uh, the number 20 team ranked in NAIA, uh, a, a strong team coming in from the NAIA. Uh, we'll get we'll break into what, what makes them a good team, some of the things you is going to have to stop, and then throw it over to a fun interview with uh, offensive coordinator Luke Bankson. Sat down with him for about 10, 12 minutes in his office. It was a good talk about his path to UWL. He's coached at all different levels, Division One at UConn and Arkansas and a couple of D2 stops and a couple of other D3 stops as well. And we also talk about just running the offense for the first time, and it's going well, obviously. UWL was averaging about 40 points a game with him at the helm. So you will hear that at the end of this podcast. But let's just start off with a breakdown of Dickinson State. Uh, you look at them, like I said, number 20 in NAIA, uh, strong team overall, a lot of team speed. That's kind of the going to be the overwhelming theme of this preview is Dickinson State's a really, really fast team, and lacrosse is going to have their hands full because we saw what a really fast guy like a Bryce Dooley from Illinois Wesleyan last week uh, was able to do to him, getting to the edge and getting the yards uh, around the edge. So lacrosse has to kind of figure those things out on the fly here, getting ready for week three. It's actually one of the... Four games between WIAC schools and NAIA schools. Uh, the uh, scheduling woes of the conference here in Wisconsin is not getting any better. It's only getting worse. We have Oshkosh playing their second Division II team of the year, going down to Lincoln, Missouri to play them. Uh, just that's, that's a whole other podcast, and maybe we'll get into it next week during the bye week, but just a... Uh, an odd situation where the WIC continues to never not be able to find Division three games, and they're gonna it's gonna get close to the fact that WIC teams are might be going down to you know nine games that count or maybe eight games that count against them in the Division three schedule. But like I said, other podcast, uh, Dickinson State's one and one. They just came off a twenty to ten loss at Rocky Mountain College. Rocky Mountain's another ranked team. I believe they're tenth now in the. NAIA poll, uh, a really good team there. But some of the strengths for Dickinson State, their quarterback Hayden Gibson, six foot three, two hundred twenty five pounds, uh, a prototypical looking quarterback, just a big guy that has a really really big arm. He's got about five hundred yards on the season, five touchdowns. Uh, like I said, big arm, really really strong thrower. Likes to go deep. He he likes to chuck it. So the secondary for UWL is going to have to be on their toes and know that the ball has a good chance of going. 40, 50 yards in the air when he's throwing. Mike Schmidt today at practice, I'm recording this on Wednesday, but Mike Schmidt at practice today said that every area of the field's open to him. So he's a guy that has no uh, no problem throwing it deep when he wants to. 
And uh, like I mentioned, there's a ton of speed on the offense. A lot of good receivers and a lot of good running backs. They're going to get to the edge. UWL has to do a good job of setting the edge and bringing everybody back in toward the defense because if they let Dickinson State break outside contain and get along the sideline and make it a track meet, it's going to be a really, really tough day for the Eagles. On defense, Dickinson State's defensive tackle, Jeremy Poyer, six foot four, 305 pounds, uh, a monster up front. This guy... He don't he doesn't have the greatest motor. There's no lying when you watch him on tape. Watch a couple of highlights of theirs on YouTube. He's not trying his hardest. He's not all the way engaged every single play. But when he is and when when he wants to, he is a bear to move and he's a he's a tough customer. So uh, Bradley Schultz and Oliver Vasanoia in the middle of the old line for UWL gonna have their hands full with him all day. Mike Schmidt said you know they're gonna have to get a push. They have to run the ball and the running backs have to continue moving forward and falling forward. So uh, a key for UWL throughout the week is going to be even against a big front and a big strong front like that to continue getting yards on the ground, which they've done in a good clip in the first two weeks. And the other star defensively would be linebacker Daniel Moreno, six foot two, 225-pound JUCO transfer from out in California. This guy can just flat-out run. He's Like I say, he's a big guy at 6'2", but he can run sideline to sideline. He is a monster to deal with. I would say Dickinson State's defense is pretty much predicated on getting the offensive lineman occupied so that this guy can run around and make tackles. Uh, if lacrosse's O-line doesn't get up to him and at least account for him with somebody up along the line to uh, get in his way, it's going to be a tough day uh, overall for UWL. Some of the weaknesses for Dickinson State, they let up a lot of big plays. They get fooled a few times, especially on play-action plays. Uh, Rocky Mountain's a good team, and they have a good running back, so it made a lot of sense that the play-action got them to bite a lot. But uh, they do get fooled sometimes and give up some pretty big plays. And they're not the most disciplined team in the world right now. Uh, they've already got three turnovers and three interceptions from Gibson, and they've had 15 penalties called on them, including nine last week. So that's a quick rundown for you. A uh, little bit longer interview with Coach Bankston, so I want to get it over there a little bit faster. But you can follow me uh, <clears throat> on Twitter, at CBartDizzle, for all the UW lacrosse football coverage. You can follow it at lacrossetribune.com as well. I will be at Saturday's game, 1 p.m., at home, home opener for the Eagles. So follow along there, and if you happen to see me at the game, stop Stop me, say hi. I'll be the rather large individual probably wearing a blue shirt because that's about all I ever wear anyway. So uh, you can follow along, and uh, we will see how the Eagles fare against another really tough game. I mean, if you look at this game in the grand scheme of things, if they can pull off another win and go 3-0 against this much tougher non-conference schedule, that sets up a ton of momentum going to WIC play and sets up a possibility of even if they – Hit a hit a bump in the road or two, end up eight and one or eight and two nine and one. When you get down to playoff selection time, this that win over Illinois State early in Wesleyan is going to be something that everybody's looking at at the end of the year as a possible resume booster. So if you're a big UWL fan, you want Illinois Wesleyan to have the best season of their lives for the rest of the year. You want them to go nine and one and win their conference and just be world beaters outside of that loss to the cross. So. A uh, couple things to keep an eye on there, but like I said, you can follow all the coverage on Twitter at cbartdizzle and at lacrossetribune.com. With all that being said, let's get it over to Luke Benson. All right, we are in the UW Lacrosse football coach's offices. We are in Coach Luke Benson's office, the offensive coordinator here for the Eagles. Uh, Luke, you're in your first year. Just what's it been like kind of getting used to this program, these guys, and uh, coaching here at lacrosse? 
Yeah, uh, so far it's it's been really really an enjoyable experience. Um, like anything, anytime you go somewhere new, it does just take time. Uh, it takes time to understand this culture, and you know I'm I'm understanding it more and more. But I, I definitely don't have the same. Uh, understanding that someone who's been here for 10 years does with UWL and some of the even little traditions we do after practice when we go scream at the at the bluff <laughs> which I think is awesome I, I I didn't even know that right you know? I'm just like what are they doing afterwards and now I'm like oh that's really cool and that you know you see see how much it means to guys like like Mike and Andy and, and guys who played here right and it's just there's so many things that you know you just you don't know but all in all it's been a really good experience um there's always a transition with, you know, all the coaches getting on the same page and and us all getting together and all the players and everything. And so far, I'm pleased with with where that is. And just like anything, there's a there's a feeling out period, and we're still working through all that for sure. Right. That had to help though coming in in spring ball though, getting those extra few months to start with, and then start those relationships. Then when you come back in the fall, it's a little bit easier. Huge. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> monumental difference. I've been in uh, boy, at least three or four situations where I came in in the middle of the summer. And, and it wasn't as an offensive coordinator, but it, regardless, I mean, that's tough. It's hard when your first day ever with a staff or ever with the players actually on the field. Yeah, you got to coach them and then they don't know yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's hard. So it was invaluable to get here. We were able to install our base offense. We were able to start meeting with the quarterbacks. We were able to kind of you know, talk about things that they can work on in the summer. Obviously, we can't be there with them, but now we actually know who they are, and you can say, hey, go work on this in the summer, and it was just a huge advantage. For sure. And just talking about your path to lacrosse, you've coached pretty much at every level of uh, college here in, mm-hmm. in the States and uh, at the high high school level as well in Iowa. Just what's that been like kind of 10, 12 years of coaching, kind of going all over the country like you have? Yeah. Um I definitely have been a nomad, you know, and some of it has been by choice because there have been great opportunities, and some of it hasn't, you know. I mean, it's just how this business works, and especially at some of those higher levels at places I've been, it's just if you don't perform that year or if the guy, in my case, the guy I'm working for, we don't get it done, I mean, that's just there's a lot of money and pressure and things, it just changes. Mm -hmm. And so I've been on different sides of it, you know, and I've had – different things in my life that have, have had me, you know, go from certain places and travel around, and I've just had a lot of uh, lot of ups and downs, and it's definitely been a winding road, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, I'm excited and just grateful to be back in the Midwest now, but it's, uh, the best thing about it is I, I truly have friends all over the country. True, yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, darn near every every state I could probably call someone if I'm there and go out and have dinner with someone and and that's really cool and understand different you know parts of the country and guys that you can call and pick their brains on ideas and so the network's pretty large uh the part that stinks is it feels like once you start to finally get settled in and the place kind of feels like home to you it's been on to the next one sure you know and and a lot of those times it if you have opportunities that are just really, really good, you have to professionally take them in this deal. And so I've chosen to, to do that. And, yeah, it's it's a lot of ups and downs. I'm sure. And now being first-year offensive coordinator, just how has that been to kind of take over the offense as a whole? I know you've coached a lot of different positions mm-hmm. on offense and throughout your career, but to kind of have control of the offense and kind of 
run the show in that sense. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely completely different. Okay. You know, I mean, it just it is because ultimately the buck stops with you, and it's your decisions, good or bad, and you're gonna get more praise when things go well than you should, and you're gonna get more blame when they don't, and. You know, it's amazing. You might be a really smart coach on one Saturday, but then seven days later, you don't know anything about football. Right. And then seven days later, you might just be a genius again. <laughs> you know, and so uh, it is. It's different, you know. And the biggest thing is just all the little things and all the attention to detail and everything that goes into it of you truly, if you want to be any, any good at it, you have to know what all 11 guys are doing on every single play and what their technique is and why they're doing it and why the defense is doing what they're doing. And we're really, really big on a lot of self-scout and analyzing. And, you know, we really take the film study extremely serious. And, you know, at the end of the day, all I'm really trying to do is is try to put the players in the best positions they can to be successful. And players are the ones who win games, you know. Sure. It's, it's always about the players. <laughs> it's never about me or the other coaches. We're just trying to prepare them to put them in good positions to play. Yeah, just set them and up the right way. Exactly. Go <laughs> let a dude be a dude. And, you know, like you guys have seen already a couple times in this year, I mean, well, we threw a little five-yard pass to Cole Speaker and he runs 60-something yards or whatever. That ain't coaching. <laughs> That's throw the ball to a good player and he does that, you know. Or even this last week versus Wesleyan, yeah, we thought there were some matchups that we liked with, uh, with our ex-receiver, with Dom, but... The old line did an unbelievable job protecting. Ben threw an unbelievable ball in that deep go, and yeah. Dom beat him and ran by him in the end zone. I mean, that's we call I call it a play, but it, it's always about the players. So the praise always goes to the players for sure. And obviously, it's working out pretty well. Averaging about forty points in the first two weeks here. Um, you mentioned the culture things and kind of the little traditions here at lacrosse. And with all your experience at different levels and everything like that, what are some of the other things that maybe are standing out about here or just the, this program that's gotten built up pretty quickly in the last couple of years yeah. from where it was. Yeah, well, it's just kind of getting the culture kind of shifted, if I'm putting that properly, from what Coach Schmidt wants. Mm -hmm. Because it has this long, proud tradition, but there are a number of years where the program was down. You know, and I certainly don't understand all the dynamics and why, and it's really irrelevant for me coming in here. Um, but it is. It's something with Coach Schmidt. I mean, you can tell he's constantly trying to put – his imprint on this program and how he wants to do things, but then keep certain things that were important to him and guys like Andy and Coach A and because they were here when UWL was rolling. Right. You know, some of those guys have been here on national championships and they've all been here with multiple conference championships. So it's, it's really interesting, you know, how Coach Schmidt is taking his philosophy and things he wants and then intertwining some of the things that are UWL football, and again, like for our freshmen, it's all new. For us new coaches, I mean, Coach Frickty hasn't been here, Coach Chilson, right. I haven't been here, Coach Penzel, who coaches the running backs, is doing an awesome job. He's a student here, <laughs> you know, so Coach McGlynn, Coach Tierney, and, and Coach A have been here for a while, but other than that, this is the first time we've ever even been together. Right, really new know? offensive staff overall. Yeah, so it's kind of that fine line of, for me, at least as a coordinator, and I, I sometimes I feel like I do a good job and sometimes I feel like I, I need to do better of understanding like kind of who I am and what I want to accomplish as an offense, but it's always about what Coach Schmidt wants because it's his program. Sure, you know? kind of fitting all those two things exactly. together. Exactly, and so that's maybe the biggest thing because, you know, I'm 
I guess, the, the head coach of the offense, <laughs> but he's the head coach. Right. You know, and he's awesome to work for, and, and uh, whatever he says I'm on board <laughs> with. I mean, he's the boss, you know, and so, uh, but just kind of like any profession, feeling out and seeing, is this exactly how he wants this? Is it not? Is it, you know, some of those type things that don't really have to do with the X's and O's. Sure. Sure, and along with being the offensive coordinator, the quarterback coach as well, got a really good one to work with this year in Ben Shramsky. We are seeing what he's doing on the field, gets the Player of the Week award this week for the conference. Um, What's he like to work with behind the scenes, like in the meetings and the things you guys do away from the field because it's clearly working for him on the field. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he's he's everything you want in a quarterback. It's, uh, he takes it extremely seriously. He prepares, he watches film, he, you know, we meet with the quarterbacks as a group, but then throughout the week, Ben's coming in here, and there's multiple days where we're in here for two hours, just him and I. Wow. And we're just going over different stuff. Or He has input on what we do in the game plan. Wow. I mean, because at the end of the day, if he's going to be out there and starting, and he's the one who's got to feel comfortable with the concept. True. Yeah. You know, and, and that, that is one thing when I've been around guys who maybe – we struggle on offense or, you know, sometimes you learn just as much from being part of something that isn't working. It's where they kind of say, well, this is what we do and this is our system and this is, you know, what we're going to do. Well, if the quarterback doesn't understand it, even if it looks good on a whiteboard or when you draw it up, it doesn't matter. And the guys that I've been around who are really, really good at this and really some of the better play callers uh, really in the country at a lot of different levels, they let the players have a lot of say, especially the quarterback. You know, and it makes sense, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're the ones playing it. Yeah, they've got to execute it, and they're not confident. In it. It's not, there's a very low chance of success. Exactly. <laughs> and so I ask our offensive line before we, you know, before we go in and call a game. What are you guys' favorite runs you're liking right now? The receivers. What are your routes you're really liking? Are there any of them you're not liking? Sure. And you know, I, I do. I I certainly don't have all the answers and don't know everything, and I have no issue admitting that. You know, <laughs> and so. I just think it's uh, that's a huge positive is we put the ownership on the players. Sure. And just with being your first year calling plays full-time, I mean, is there a better feeling as a coach when you call a play, you feel like something's going to work, you call it, and then it does work, you got to score on it or it's get a big awesome. play? Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's the best. It is really exciting, and especially, like you said, if it's something you've spent just hours and hours on a certain Sometimes it can be one play, one Yeah, that's like one thing that can only work once or exactly. something exploited, yeah. Exactly, and obviously the flip side of that is then when it doesn't work, <laughs> or maybe you get the scheme and it should have worked, but, you know, you, you don't execute it or something, and then it's just as uh, disappointing. But, yeah, it's a great feeling, I mean, when you put something together and then you implement it during the week and you practice it a bunch, and the players have confidence in it, and then it works exactly like you told them it's going to work, obviously that builds confidence in our players. And then, you know, I think that in turn they have confidence in, in me as a play caller too then. Absolutely. All right, Coach, we know you got to get ready for practice, but if anybody can get down to the UWL football offices, you should see the board in Coach Bankson's room <laughs> with all of the breakdown that they do, all the coverages and blitz that, that they see from the opponents. And this happens every week. This isn't just specifically to Dixon uh, State, Dickinson State this weekend, but they do this every week. So it's a pretty impressive thing you got going down here, Coach. Yeah, the, uh, the, we split these duties out between all the staff members. Um, Coach McGlenn does a bunch of the breakdowns and Coach Chilson and Frickty and Tierney and all those guys and we divvy it out and they do an unbelievable job and so by the time I get here um, on Sundays 
our young graduate assistant Sam Chilson and Jimmy Penzel, they filled in and updated this entire board with wow. those updated. <laughs> okay, so when we get in and after we watch the film like we did a Wesleyan by you know sometime in the mid afternoon, all the new data is up. So the first time we start to prepare for the next opponent. We're not just watching film blindly, and we know exactly, you know, how we're going to try to attack them and start formulating game plan. So, definitely, they they do they're doing an awesome job. All right, coach. Well, thank you so much for the time, and we'll be back next week with the podcast. Uh, hopefully, talking about a win over Dickinson State. That'd be great. Thanks for having me. <laughs>